0: Well good evening once again uh, Living hope community family we are so excited to have you again this evening as you join us uh, in worship and in praise to our God and our king um, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we want to say thank you and and welcome and and so this evening we are going to jump right into our um, scripture passage uh, that we'll be reading for um, the message this afternoon as as you can see I have Ethan here standing with me, he will be helping me reading. Um, So he will be reading Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23 to 33. And then I will be reading 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Um, And so uh, this evening, I once again would like to welcome each and every one of you. Please join me in a word of prayer. Lord, we want to thank you again, God, that we can look to you, Father, the author, and the finisher of our faith God you are an amazing and a wonderful God and so we thank you we thank you Lord that we can look to you father we can look to you for guidance and protection and direction and so this evening Lord we ask that you will lead us by your spirit once again Lord as we as we look into your word this evening father we pray that you will speak to us through the power of your spirit Lord, you know every heart, every life. God, you know where we are in our walk and in our relationship with you. And so we pray this evening, Lord, that you will, you will take full control, God, that you will speak to lives and hearts wherever they are. And so we commit everything into your hands. Lord, I pray, God, that, that you will use your word, God, to mold us and to fashion us, Lord to help us to grow in our walk and in our relationship with you father if there's things in our life god that you will need to remove them we pray that you will truly do that in our life this evening and god the things that don't that you don't want to be there god that you will prune them that you will remove them god that, and, and lord that you will replace them with things god that we can lord that that, that can cause us to be fruitful in our relationship with you and so we commit everything before you this evening let the words of uh of, of, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you O oh lord our rock and our salvation and so we give thanks in jesus name amen so ethan will be reading ephesians chapter 5 verse 23 to 33 go ahead Ethan.
1: for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church and let the wife see that she respects her husband.
0: Okay, and Ephesians, um, sorry, First Peter chapter three and verse seven. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives, in a in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. This is God's word and we give thanks to God for, his, for the reading of his word today. Amen. So last week we, we spent most of our time looking at the office of a prophet. And um, this week, here, uh, just to recap, uh, G- we see that Jesus fulfilled the office of prophet, priest, and king. The, the prophet of the old function as a mediator between God and the people of God, which you heard from me last week. And we see that Jesus is the chief among all other prophets, or in fact, he is the supreme prophet of God and the mediator between God and man. Now, as a prophet, Jesus is both the subject and the object of prophecy, fulfilling the prophecies of the old. And so, you know, when we look at that um, last week, we also take, took the office of a prophet and applied it into, uh, into as, as a role into the lives of a husband. So the goal of every Christian husband and father is to be imitators of Christ. And, and to be the man God wants us to be or expected us to be. So last week we we looked at the role of a prophet and we see that prophets are called by God to speak on behalf of God to the people of God. <coughs> and in a similar way brothers and sisters, we as husbands and fathers are called to spiritually as called as spiritual prophets in leading our family and spending time with God. And and we see several things last week: building an altar, seeking the face of God in prayer, reading and meditating on God's word, and then also we look at a, a, a discipling or um, disciplining or correcting our family. Um, we have also seen from Barna Research that that. In my message last week that as husband and father, we are lacking in the area of of spiritually leading our 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 family. and And um, I, I just wanted to to recap on that last week. And <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I have been, over this past week, after I preached the message, like I said, when I preached the message, the messages also apply to me. So not only to those that are listening, I also must be able to preach the message to myself and be able to live out the things that um, God has convicted me as well in my life. And I've been thinking this past week, meditating on the message I preached, listening it back again. And there are some things that I, that I touched on last week, um, and I can truly, I can truly say that there was a time in my life that I failed in, in in areas of daily devotion, that is reading my Bible and spending time with God. I failed many times in my uh, over uh, in, in my many in the many years of walking with the Lord. And I know many of us men struggle in these areas as well. And and we all will agree. That that life at times is is a struggle, especially when you have to juggle work, family, and the demands of life. For other for other men, they are they are other pressing priorities to deal with, and sometimes we feel as if if as if life is not fear. So as I keep meditating upon these things, there I felt that you know. I know that those were times in my life that I failed, because the because of the demands that that life throws at us, we tend to put we tend to put God on the back burner, um, and and some would say you know or in the back seat, meaning that meaning or the back seat in our lives, which basically means that. That, that God has no, God, when it comes to the things of God, reading the Bible, meditating, prayer, and all the things to do, even go, attending church, those things are not priority in our lives, and, or, 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 or God is not in the driving seat, uh, if I may say, in our lives. So when it, comes to, when it comes to God, when it comes to reading the Bible, when it comes to family devotion and leading our family spiritually, it is the last thing, it is the last thing on our list, on our priority list, or on our things to do when the day comes. And we, we, we find time doing every other thing, but then God becomes the last. And, and the little time that we have that we want to spend with God when the day is up, sometimes we don't even make it in, 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 in staying up praying and, and talking to the Lord or finding time to read our Bible. And, we, and it seems like you know we're juggling even to find time to, to give to God. And even when we find that time to give to God, it's, it's never done with a deep longing of our heart to truly seek and understand for our lives. So as a husband and as a father, I am speaking to men that are in a similar situation as I am and, and as, as I was in the past. I have been there many times, so don't feel guilty, don't feel in any way, shape or form that that. that there is nobody out there like you. Yes, there are people like you out there. I was at that place in my life. But I, like I said, my, my, wife has filled, my wife has filled those gaps faithfully while helping me. And you heard me last week, while helping me along the way. And I came to, to the realization that I need to step up as a husband and as a father to do what I have been called to do. My God-given responsibility as a father and as a husband I just can't sit back and allow my wife to carry the burden and to carry the load and to carry the weight. And yes, she works and yes, she does all the other things. And yes, she has to carry the family spiritually as well. No, I had to come to that place in my life to step up and step out from where I am to step into where God wants me to be. And I know many mothers and, and, and wife is also listening. And if you're listening here today, if you find yourself in a similar situation, let us, let us know how God has worked it out in your life. Send me an email or, 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 or send me a note on WhatsApp or on Facebook or anywhere. You have my contact and connect uh, my contact info. Let me know how God has worked it out in your life and what is your story. For those, for those mothers and wives who are struggling, I want to say don't give up. Don't give up. Do like what my wife did to me. If, if you're married and you have kids and you have your husband and, and he is not pulling his weight. Do like, do like what my wife did to me. Always keep reminding me that it is my God-given responsibility to lead my family spiritually. And pray for your husband. Pray for him. He needs prayer because I, my wife, would pray for me, and I think you know those are the things that really help me to get to the place where God wants me to be. So don't give up. Don't give up, man. Don't give up, husband. Don't give up, fathers, because God has not given up on you. And we need men. We need women beside we men. Sorry, we men need women besides us, because we cannot do it alone. And, and and it does not mean that 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 the woman need to shoulder, like I said, all the responsibility. As men and as husbands, as fathers, we need to step out from where we are and step into where God wants us to be. And let us fight the good fight of faith to lead our family spiritually, lead them where God where God where God wants us to be. And don't sit back and be comfortable about it. Don't sit back. You know, on the screen, I you, you are going to see a quote there from John C. Maxwell. And I love this quote. Because I think it speaks to three things about what he is saying about men. And he says, a man must be big enough. And look at the words. There are three times that he's going to repeat the word enough in this, in this sentence. He says, and I quote, A man must be big enough to admit his mistakes, smart enough to profit from them, and strong enough to correct them. Let me read that again for you. A man must be big enough to admit his mistakes, smart enough to profit from them, and strong enough to correct them. And I believe that is so true. And I believe that that what he said applies also in my life. I had to admit, I had to admit my mistakes, my failures, my fault, my shortcomings and allow God to work in my life. I had to allow God to work in my life. Now I want to leave this question with you men that are listening here to ponder. How many of us men, men who are fathers and husbands, and even if you are single are big enough to admit our mistakes when it comes to leading our family. For us, men who are husband and fathers, we, 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 we can list uh, 101 things that we don't lead as we should. I believe if you are to put a list, you can list 101 things that we're not doing well. And why we fail at our God given responsibility in leading our family. What about single men? I mean I'm speaking to those that don't have husband and father. Where are you failing in your relationship with God? And I'm asking this question both for fathers and husband and both for single men. For the fathers and the husband where are you failing? Are you big enough to admit your faults and your mistakes? and the one and the single man for those of you where are you failing in your relationship with god you may not have a wife or a kid but i want to ask you this question what is chewing up your time away from god and i will leave those things for you to ponder on this week what are the things that you are doing and take a check of your life this week are the things that chew up your relationship with God, that takes your time away from God. I don't mean that you have to spend 24 hours a day with God. I mean, every single day we should be spending time with the Lord. But what are the things that are chewing up your time that, do, that does not allow you to To spend time with God. And I want you to ponder on that. And for the fathers and I'll repeat this. And the husband. Are you big enough. To admit your mistakes when it comes to leading your family. Are you willing to step out from where you are. And step in to where God wants you to be. I want you to ponder on that this week here. So for this week here, we are going to continue with part two of the role of a Christian husband and father as priest and king. So last week I started out as, you know, the prophet, priest and king and I touched on prophet. This week we're going to continue with the latter two, which is priest and king. First, we are going to, we're going to explore, explore the role of prophet, uh, sorry, of priest and king of the old testament like we did with the prophet last week we're going to look at the role of the earthly priest and the earthly um, king and how christ fulfilled each of those roles then we are going to look at how husbands and father men who are called to imitate christ in leading as priest and king over the, over our homes and over the lives of our family how are we called in those roles to fulfill it I mean Christ is the chief king chief priest and prophet and king but I believe that as fathers they are, we, we are called to do the same thing in the lives of our families so first of all let us look at the office of a priest in the Old Testament, priests act as a mediator between God and his people. Now in contrast to last week, a prophet, it is the, it is, it is the, the, the prophet acts on behalf of God to the people. And here we see the priest acts on behalf of the people before God. So it, 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 it's different. The, the, the role is different. One acts on behalf of God. The other one here now acts on behalf of the people. So priests act as a mediator between God and his people. A priest speaks on behalf of the people of God. It wasn't the people that come before God. It was the high priests who were the only ones allowed to enter the holy place and offer sacrifices to God on behalf of the people once a year which was on the day of atonement um you can find that in leviticus chapter chapter 16 and verse 34 leviticus chapter 16 and verse 34 and the reason for this is that this was a yearly sacrifice and the sacrifice was required because of the uncleanliness of the people of israel and because of their transgression on all their sins so Leviticus 16 and verse 16 reads, it says, Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place, which is the high priest, because of the uncleanliness of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting, which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleanliness. So the priest used to represent the people of God yearly to present the, 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 on the day of atonement. For this, for their sin. Now in the New Testament. So that's the Old Testament. Like I said we're going to look at Old Testament. We're going to look at Christ. How he fulfilled that role. And then we're going to look at how fathers. We played a role over the lives of our family. Now the New Testament. Jesus as our mediator. Is, is the mediator between God. And man. And we know that, that Jesus is the mediator. Between God and man. He, he fulfilled the office of the high priest. He is the chief high priest and, uh, and he offered himself as the atoning sacrifice. The Old Testament pr- priest used to offer s- sacrifice for sin. Jesus Christ became our sin offering. And he atoned for the sacrifice. He became the atoning sacrifice Sorry for our sin. And and 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2 says that Jesus is, he became, he is, sorry, the propitiation for our sin. He became the sacrifice, meaning that Jesus Christ became the sin offering. He became the sin bearer. And he was the one that laid down his life on the cross for us. He offered himself once and for all. Once and for all, and there is no more sacrifice for sin. That is why when Jesus Christ died on the cross, all the sacrifices were done, done away with, because there is no need for a sacrifice. And hear what Hebrew chapter 9 says in, in verse 11 through 14. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation he entered once for all into the holy places not by means of the blood of goats and calves but by means of his own blood that is jesus christ thus securing an eternal redemption for us for if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled person with the ashes of an heifer. Sanctified for the purification of the flesh. here what, what the writer of the Hebrew says. How much more with the blood of Christ. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself. Offered himself. What did he offer? Offered himself without blemish to God. Means that he became the perfect sacrifice for sin. And the, and, and the passage continued, purifying our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So Jesus Christ became not, o- not, not only the sacrifice, but he was the one. He was the high, the chief high priest, the supreme high priest, plus he was also the sacrifice, which was different from the Old Testament. You had a high priest and then they have to offer a separate sacrifice for the people. And they act as a mediator, Jesus Christ is the mediator, he is the sacrifice, and he is the chief high priest and once and for all, done away with that and here we see we see we, we, we see the, the writer of the Hebrew giving us so well, and then Paul, Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus with these encouraging words to Christian husbands to love their wives as christ loved the church and give himself for it for her and that's what we ought to do as men we are called to love our wives the same way christ loved the church the same way he gave himself for it for her we also must do the same for our wife and our family men are men, Of God are called to lead their family not only to provide financially like I said and meet the every needs everyday needs of needs whatever that is but our responsibility goes far beyond the physical the material we must stand on behalf of our family and be willing to give ourselves For them. That's what Paul says. As Christ loved the church, he gave himself for her. And that giving of ourselves means that we must be willing to lay down our lives for our wife and our children and our family. We must be willing to shoulder our responsibility and not run from it, not hide from it. And if we are to truly give ourselves as Christ gave to give himself for the church, we become the sacrifice that God is looking for when it comes to leading our family. And if we are going to imitate Christ, we also need to be able to do the same. And Paul was, Paul was, Paul was making that sending that strong message to the husband to love your wife like your own body. Just as Christ loved the church and give himself for her. And hear what Apostle Peter had to say about husband. Let's look at what Peter had to say on the passage that I just read. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Hear what Peter says. Likewise. Now that likewise doesn't mean like the earlier passage where he says likewise women ought to do this. Likewise had to do with our responsibility as husband likewise husband live with your wife with an understanding way showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel and here's another troubling text when we believe weaker vessel means that she's not strong enough or they can't do anything that's not what the scripture is saying but we don't have time to go into that today And Paul says that since they are here with you of the grace of life, they are part of the same grace that God is giving to you. And then in the key to that verse, Peter is saying, Peter is saying, so that your prayers may not be hindered. You see the key to to, to, to our relationship with our wife, husbands, and fathers the key to it is to, is, to, is to live with them in an understanding way, is to love them, is to give our life and, and to love them like our own body. And here, here look at that key, key passage there: "So that your prayers may not be hindered. What happened when you don't love them? What happened when you turn your back from your family, Turn your back from your own responsibility? What happened? Isn't that clearly saying that you are you're hindering your own prayer life because you're not doing what God has called you to do? And here Peter is charging us as husbands to make every effort to foster the spiritual life of the home and of our family. We are called to shoulder the spiritual responsibility of leading our family. And not only just leading them, but leading them spiritually. And leading them spiritually means that it's, it's a sacrificial responsibility if we are going to give our lives for them. And which is something that we need as men to take seriously. As husbands and fathers, we must intercede for on behalf of our family. That was the role of a high priest. Interceding on behalf of the people. We see that not only in the the high priest of the old. We see that in the life of Christ, praying for the Billy, praying for the church, praying for those that who will come. In the high priestly prayer, he says, "Lord, I thank you, Father. I thank you that all those that you have given to me, none of them has been has departed." And we need to intercede. We need to seek God and intercede for our families as husband and as father. Not only to intercede, intercede means that we pray, intercession means that we we, we get before God and pray for the protection of our wife and our family. Pray for them. Pray that the family grows in their relationship with each other and with Christ. Pray that your children live and respect each other. Pray that they remain faithful and to grow in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we don't pray and if we don't intercede for our families, who is going to do that? Who is going to do that? That is the responsibility that are given to the father, not only to the mother. And as husbands and father, we must know how to lead our family Not only to intercede, but to worship. But to worship God. To worship Christ. How to worship Him. Not only for you to get before God and pray for their their protection and for their well-being. But also to teach them how to enter into worship. How to worship this great and mighty God. How to worship this living God. How that relationship that you have with God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, how they can also have the same very relationship. If they, don't know what it, if they don't know God, how are they going to worship Him? It is our responsibility to teach those things to our children so that they can come into a relationship with Christ and they can worship Him in spirit and in truth. I love this saying by Vodi. Bacham. He says, and, and I hope you can see it, and I quote, family worship will make corporate worship more meaningful. Worship don't start a church, basically, it starts with the family. That's basically what Vodi is saying there. It starts at home. It starts with the family worshiping and praying and seeking God together. And when the father can encourage and lead in that fashion, then when we go into corporate worship, when we go into the building or into in a place of worship, it makes it more meaningful, brothers and sisters. But if they can't see it at home and they can't do it at home, how do you expect them to go do that in church or in a place of worship? We must be able to teach them how to seek and how to know God for themselves. It's not only to, to, to just play the drum or play the piano or play a guitar, but they must come into a personal relationship with Christ. Must be able that they must be able to experience this God for themselves. They must be able to experience him. It's not mommy and daddy's response. It's not mommy and daddy's experience that they need to lean on. They need to have their own experience with God. And everything that we teach them, everything that we teach them, must teach them that they must, it must be an act of worship to God. And if we don't, we are failing as fathers and as husbands to lead our family. We are failing. And I want to encourage you this afternoon not only to only to intercede and to pray, but also to teach them how to experience and to have the relationship with, with Christ. If we don't, it's not the church. Or the Sunday school's responsibility. We have to do that. It is our God given responsibility. Remember Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear O Israel the Lord your God is one. Moses went on to tell him. You must teach your children. You must impart to them the word of God. And you heard me last week on that. I'm not going to repeat myself. But you can read it. So office of a priest. And then office of a king. Now that's the second thing we're going to look at. In the Old Testament, the office of an earthly king or what we know as when a king rules, we call it a, 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 a monarchy. And we see in the Old that when a monarchy was established, it was established to bring about peace and prosperity. And not only peace and prosperity that king was responsible to bring, but also to help with the overall welfare of the nation that they Rule over, that they have dominion over, that they have rulership over, control over. We see that in the lives of David. King David fulfilled his office as a king over Israel. And 2 Samuel gives us a beautiful piece of passage about David. And hear what it says 2 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 15. So David reigned over all Israel. David administered justice and equity to all his people. That's the record that we have in 2 Samuel. That David administered justice and equity to all his people. So for the sake of time I will not go over each of the kings of the Old Testament. Because there is is both godly king and ungodly king. Those who rule well and those who rule miserably. But there is a king. There is a king far greater than David. The one who David spoke, spoke of. Sorry, the one, the, the one who the, the scripture spoke of that will be coming after the lineage of David. From the, from the seed of David. From the seed of Jesse. There is a greater king that will come. He is, the Bible says, the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His dominion is over the entire universe, and he rules over the entire earth with perfect justice, perfect righteousness, and perfect equity. And this king that I'm talking about, which is Christ Jesus, he has fought our battles over sin and Satan, and he has caused us to walk in victory victory over sin, victory over Satan, victory over death. That is what our king has done for us. Because the battle that he has fought means that we don't have to fight that battle anymore. Because the battle, the Bible says, is not yours. It's the Lord. You've already fought that battle. We now know, Lord now know how to live and walk victoriously in the life that he has given us. And I want to read a passage of scripture here in Romans chapter 6. One of my favorite passages. Verse 7 to 14 says, For for one who has died has been set free from sin. That is what Christ has done for us. Set us free from the power of sin. None other king could have done that. Only the king of kings. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead Will never die again. No more death. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died. He died to sin. Once and for all. But to the life that he lives. He lives to God. So you also must consider. And hear the message of Paul to us here this evening. So you brothers and sisters. You men of God. You husband of God. Must consider yourself. Death to sin and a life to God. In Christ Jesus. Every one of us. Men, women, brothers, sister, father. Every one of us must consider ourselves dead to sin. And alive to God. In Jesus Christ. And then verse 12 says. Hear what he says. Here's the charge that he's giving to believers in Christ. Not only to fathers. Not only to husbands. But to every one of us, let sin therefore reign in. let not sin, therefore reign in your mortal body, to make you obey its passion. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought, brought from the dead to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion, no dominion, no control over you since you are no longer under, the, under law but now under grace. It is through Christ that we have been set free. It is through Christ that we have victory. It is through Christ the King that rules over this entire universe, over the earth. His dominion and His control. And because he has done so and has set us free, even so we need to walk in this newness of life. So as husband and father, let me remind you, if we are going to imitate Christ, we must know how to rule our own household well. Because Christ does a wonderful job with his creation and this universe. Perfectly. Perfect justice. Perfect righteousness perfect equity and as fathers if we are going to imitate him we must know how to rule our own household well we must be able to rule in such a way that your daily your your daily depend dependence is on god and not only not in uh, in your own strength because each day brothers and sisters we need spiritual strength and nourishment from god we can't do it alone we need the power of the holy spirit at work in and through our lives but if we don't take time and spend with god how are we going to experience that in our life how are we going to rule well As husbands and fathers, we must be able to fight spiritual warfare, not only to lead, because Christ conquered death, Christ conquered sin, Christ conquered Satan, and even so, we are called, and we must be able to fight spiritual warfare, we must be able to get down on our knees, and battle with the enemy as well. Yes, you can say that we have been given victory, yes, we have been given victory. Now, Yes, you can use words like the battle is not ours, the battle is the Lord's, but yet we are called to fight spiritually and seek God and and speak against the things of the enemy. And we must know how to spend time with God on our knees and to seek God to give us victory over principalities and power over, over the things that the enemy uses against us. Men, are you praying? Men, are you seeking God? Men, are you doing what God has called you to do for your family? As husband and as father, we have, we, not only we need to sp- fight spiritual battle and warfare, not only do we need to do that, not only do we need to spend time depending on God, but as husband and father, we must have a, a plan, a strategic plan in place. I mean, who lived their lives without a plan in place? We need strategic plan for the protection of our family. We need to think ahead. We need to be w- at work. We call it forward thinking. Every, every successful king of the old, when you look at them, have strategic plan. They plan, they, they, they plan ahead as to how they're going to, to conquer and win battles and fight, and fight battles. And we also must be able to do that. Plan for, uh, uh, Have strategic plan in place for our family. As husband and father, we must, we must not only have strategic plan in place, but we must be sensitive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Not only His guidance, but the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can never leave the Holy Spirit out of our lives. And we must be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing in our lives. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for guidance. We need to pray for leading. We need to see God. You see if we if we are going to trust God for the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and we need to be sensitive, we must be able to know that means that we want to know what is the mind of the Spirit. What is the Spirit of God saying to us as men? What are the things that we're not seeing in our natural eyes that we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes so that we can see it? And then pray against those things. Then pray and trust God and believe God for victory over the lives of our family. And this one here should be one of the biggest ones on our list. You see, because so many times we we depend on our own wisdom and on our strength, and there are many men out there who believe, yes, because I have going, I've gone to work and I've gone to do this. I went out on my own strength and I earn it on my own and I do everything, and we consider it our own, our own wisdom, our own strength, our own everything. You see, without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we will fail. To lead spiritually. We'll fail to lead our family, lead our children, to watch them grow and to be spiritual uh, and to be men and women of God. We need the work. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. And in closing, as I bring this message to a close, that is the office of a priest and that is the office of a king. That we are called to exercise in, in the lives of our family. In, 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 in closing this past week, I, I picked up a new book um, that I've started to read by, by, Jim's, by Jim Ramos. The name of the book is called Strong Men, Dangerous Times. And he believed that there are five things that as men we are called by God to live out. And these five things um, he lists them, which is integrity, caring, passion, courage, and strength. And then he went on in his book to list five myths about manhood in our day and in our culture. And I'm going to list them to you just before I bring this message to a close. And, and if you're paying attention, these are the five things he said. And if, men, you're listening, he said these are myths in our day and culture in which we live about men, about manhood. Excuse me. He says, manhood is not defined by our job or title. Manhood is not defined by our social status or financial portfolio. Manhood is not defined by our talents and abilities. Manhood are not defined by by our age. Manhood are not defined by the by, by the way we look. Because we look like a man, is that's the way we're defined. And I love those five things, and I wanted to share that with you this afternoon, that the world in which we live thinks that's how manhood is defined, by the social and fin- financial status, by our talents and abilities, by our age, or because we look like men, or because of our job and title. That's not manhood. True manhood is when we, it's when we are willing to, And we know how to lead our family spiritually. And the God given responsibility to lead them. You see as men. We we, we must not be fooled by these myths. You see that's how the world see you and me. And the world see us and these things are opposed to the things of God. But as men of God, we are called, we are created in the image and the likeness of God. We are called by God to lead our family spiritually. As prophet, as priest, asking as we strive to imitate Christ in everything that we do. And I trust this evening here that this message today has been an encouragement to your hearts. And in whatever way God the Holy Spirit is convicting you. I pray that you will, you will surrender it all to Jesus. Surrender the areas of your life that you're failing, that you're lacking, that you come short of. Surrender it. Surrender the things that chew up your time and bring it before the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness and ask Him to help you. Because in our day and age we need more godly men and women to rise up and fill and fulfill sorry the God-given responsibilities in raising our family and in leading our family not only raising them but leading them to be godly men and women. And when we do that we are going to raise men and women who are passionate for Christ. Men and women who are passionate to see the kingdom of God come. Men and women who are passionate to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Men and women who are willing to live out their life in their community. And in the world in which we are called to live. Not a life like the world but a life that is opposed to everything that the world thinks. And shine the light of Christ in the hearts of men and women so that they can see who Jesus Christ is and come to faith and come to knowledge and come to know who he is and so tonight i would like to bring this message to a close and i trust that god's word has been a blessing to your heart and it has encouraged you in your walk and in your relationship let us pray father tonight lord we want to thank you over these for these past two weeks god as we have looked at this message here on The role of a Christian husband and father and God. There are many things that we have drawn from over these past two weeks. One we looked at a prophet. We looked at a priest and we looked at a king. The office of prophet, priest and king God. Because if we are truly called to be imitators of Christ. If we are truly called to imitate you Lord. We pray God that we will be able to also live out in such a way. That we are able to lead our family spiritually. Lord, I pray for every father, every husband, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. I pray for everyone that are listening here this afternoon, God, that you will encourage their hearts, Lord, in areas of their life that they are failing, God, that you will help them to, to be able to recognize that and come and surrender their life to you, God, and allow you to truly work in their lives. Lord, we fail in many, many, many areas as men. I have failed in so many times in my life. But I thank you, Lord God, for, for my wife and, and, and for her encouragement. And God, for the way that you have worked in our family and in our life. And I pray for the many that are out there that are struggling, God, that you will touch them. Father, that you will, you will strengthen them, God, that you will cause men to step out and to step in in the, in the place in which, God, you want them to be. That is to lead their families spiritually. I pray that you will strengthen men, oh God, across this nation, Father, to be godly men and women. That you will raise up men to take their place, not only as husband and father, but to lead Godly men who must be willing to lead by example and lead their children and lead their household well. I pray for single men. I pray for women, mothers that are alone, that are carrying this burden as well. God, that you will strengthen them. Father, that you will encourage them. Father, that you will, you will come alongside of them and, and, and embrace them and uphold them with your right hand of righteousness, God, that they will see that, that, know, God, that they can trust you in leading them. I pray for children, oh God, that don't have a father, Lord. I grew up without a father. But God, you have stepped into our lives, in the lives of us Father. And you have made it possible God. And so I pray for children who don't have father. Children who don't have mother. God I pray that you will, you will be with them. And strengthen them and continue to encourage them God. Touch their lives. Minister to them Father in every way. Encourage the single mother oh God strengthen her inwardly. Wherever they are this afternoon. God I pray in the name of Jesus God. That they will, they will see God. That they can look to you Father. For strength. That they can draw their, their, their strength from you. And I pray Lord. That you will continue to work in their lives. And single men that are struggling. In their walk and relationship as well. I pray. God that the things that chew up their time. God you open up their eyes. To, make, to, 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 to spend time with you, O oh Lord, and to seek your face and to know your mind and to know your will and your purpose for their lives as well. And so we give you praise and we give you thanks and we give you glory and we give honor to you this evening, Lord. We say thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.